We are ready to begin. Parshas Dvorim. So this evening we are going to discuss a halakhic question, and we're also going to discuss a philosophical question. The halakhic question that we're going to discuss is that there was a story in Brazil, apparently. This is quoted in Rabbi Yitzhak Zilberstein's uh, Sefer Vaerna. There was a story in Brazil. Uh, a student walked into a uh, into his classroom and he noticed there was a bag, um, a case on his chair or on his bench. So he was upset that somebody had put um, a bag on his bench and he threw it across the room on another and landed on another bench. And then Shimon walked in and noticed that that bag was on his bench. So he also got upset and took the bag and threw it on another bench. Then later they discovered that inside the bag there was a laptop. And the laptop was crushed. So the question is, is that the owner of the laptop was very perturbed because he saved, you know, saved up a lot of money to buy it. It wasn't a push of a laptop, it was a Mac. It wasn't a regular thing. And, and it got smashed. And so the he claimed that they should pay. They should pay for the damages. And these people said no. Okay? That's the halakha question we're going to deal with. Whether or not these people are responsible to pay for the damages. Okay? Whether these people are responsible to pay for the damages. And the philosophical question we're going to deal with is the philosophy of, of one's behavior. And that is, how should one treat other people's property? Right? There's halakha, and there's this financial responsibility, and then there's a discussion on how these boys acted in general um, regarding other people's property. So we're going to deal with that. And that theme is apropos, since Pasha's Dvarim always falls out right before Tisha B'Av. This theme is apropos of uh, the discussion of Ben Avon Chaveiro, because so much of what... Uh, we have to work on ourselves for uh, during these days of the destruction of the Beit HaMikdash, as we've discussed in the past, is our relationship with other people. One of the aspects of the relations with other people is how we deal with other people's property. That's what we're going to discuss this evening. Okay? So that's the question. question is, I'm going to repeat. I'm going to repeat the question. That is the question. Okay? There was a, a student who walked into his classroom and he noticed that there was a bag on his chair in, in the classroom. So he said, in the, in the words of Achashverosh, uh, who? who is this that has put his bag on my chair? And he took the bag and he swung it across the room and it landed on another chair. Or another bench. And it landed on Shimon's bench. Shimon walked in and he said also, he noticed that the bag was on his uh, bench and he said, who has the chutzpah to put their bag on my bench? And he took the bag and he swung it across the room and it landed on another bench. Poor lady walked in, the owner of the bag, and he opened it up and he saw that his laptop was inside the bag and the laptop was smashed. So he came to Shimon and he came to Ruvain and he said, you have to pay for my laptop. So Ruvain said, how do you know that I did it? Maybe I didn't do it. Maybe, uh, maybe Shimon did it. Shimon said, how do you know that I did it? Maybe I didn't do it. Maybe Ruvain did it. 
Who is responsible to pay? That was the shayla. So the Rav Paskin, the Rabbi Paskin like this, the Rabbi Paskin that they are both absolved from obligation. They both don't have to pay for this laptop. Why not? Because we have a rule. We have a rule in Jewish law, in adjudication of Jewish law, that uh, when it comes to financial matters, we have a rule called Hamoiti Mechavera Alvaraya. If somebody wants to extricate money from their friend, they need to bring proof that the money should not be in their friend's possession. And as the presumption is that if somebody has money in their pocket, it's theirs. As they say in secular terms, possession is nine-tenths of the law. Possession proves ownership. Prese- uh, uh, actually, better put, possession creates the presumption of ownership. And in order to dispel this presumption, one needs to bring proof that the item is not the person's who is holding it. Therefore, Shimon and Ruvain, who are holding off. So how do we know this? For example, before we uh, go back to our case, the Gemara says in Shakti Babakam on page 46a, the Gemara says like this. Now obviously, before we get to page 46a, obviously, the principle in Jewish law is, is that, is that, not only is a person responsible themselves for payment, right? As the Mishnah tells us in tractate Babakam, in the same tractate, page uh, 26a, Mishnah says like this. Says the Mishnah on page 26, a person is responsible always for full damages that he causes. Then whether they do it by accident, whether they do it on purpose, right? If you drive your car, for example, over somebody else's mailbox, you do it by accident, you didn't see it, you have to pay for their mailbox, right? Then whether a person is awake, whether they're sleeping. For example, if they're sleeping, right, so they knock somebody's thing over, they knock somebody's lamp over, and it smashes to pieces, they have to pay. Hima as ain chaver, a person makes somebody blind. where they break their, you know, they take their shagal. You know what shagal is, Billy? You know, you're old enough to know. Mark Shagal. He's an artist, famous artist. Painting is expensive, very expensive. Somebody takes a shagal, they throw it against the wall. They have to pay. Right? She was like, you know, the show has to pay full payment. So a person is responsible, but not only is a person responsible, but also a person is responsible for their property that damages. Or is it somebody's dog, Chasa Sholem, goes and, and, and ate somebody's candy bar, which is not a healthy thing to do for a dog. Anybody have a dog here? Or do you have a dog? No. I don't know if it's so healthy for a dog to eat chocolate. But a dog eats somebody else's chocolate bar, eats somebody else's food. So he has to pay. The owner of the dog has to pay. Um, however, we have a rule, and this is really a side point, that as it says in Pasha's Mishpatim, that the dog, or the, uh, a shore, for example, an axe that belongs to, uh, to, to a person, only has to pay half the damages when they do it the first time and the second time. They only have to pay half the damages. What's the reason that they have to pay the damages? Half the damages? They don't have to pay full damage. For example, let's say, right? Let's say, uh, 
an ox. My ox, uh, um, you know, goes to sleep on the on on uh, on uh, on my basket of fruits and smashes them all to pieces. So on somebody else's basket of fruit. So the ox has to pay only after them. Let's say my ox gores somebody else's ox. They only have to pay. Uh, they only have to pay half the damages. Why do you have to only pay half the damages? So the Gemara on page 59, Chaika Babakama says, the reason why you only have to pay half the damages is because it was said in the name of Yeshua that half damage is only a knas, it's only a penalty. Rav Papa said it's monetary damages. Okay? So Rav Papa said it's monetary damages. He holds, this is an interesting thing, Stam Shvarim La that Normal oxen, and this is a uh, this is a, a, a rule in in, uh, in uh, the behavior of ox oxen. Uh, what's that study of sociology? Sociology of oxen, how they behave. The uh, no, maybe not sociology, but the nature, the nature, the nature of animals. So, na- natural animals. These shvarim are not. They are not. Uh, um, domesticated. They're wild. They can hurt anybody at any time. Therefore, it's incumbent upon the owner of the ox to watch it to make sure it doesn't cause any damage. Therefore, when the ox does damage, the owner should pay half the amount. I'm sorry, the owner should pay full the full amount because he's responsible to watch it. However, the Torah had mercy on the owner because the ox only did it. The ox only did it by the ox only did it the first time. So therefore, you only have to pay half. That's he holds its money. The, the opinion that holds that it's damages holds that um, oxen are not, they are, are not, they're uh, calm beasts. They don't uh, gore if they're not bothered, right? And therefore, if they do damage, it's irregular. It's not a normal thing. It's not a normal thing for them to damage, okay? So therefore, if they damage, the owner should not have to pay at all. Why does he pay half? Because we want the owner to be responsible, to be vigilant about his property, about what his property should be. Therefore, we give the Torah gave him a penalty that he has to pay half the damages, whatever it may be. My ox, if it damages, it has to pay half the damages. Got it? Okay. Now we go to 46A, and in 46A it was like this. There was a case, the Mishnah says in 46A, there was a case that a, an ox was, was chasing after a cow that was pregnant behind the mountain. It was running behind the mountain, and we were chasing after it. We came to behind the mountain, and the ox was standing over the cow, and the cow was dead. Right? And it had next to it a calf. The calf was also dead. So the Mishnah said the Mishnah says that of course the ox has to pay for the cow. Because the ox scored the cow. Okay? We assume that the ox scored the cow. You say not? What? Huh? Why did this look for gore marks? We look for the gore marks. We see the gore marks. The, the mission seems to say that it's 
that we know that the that the ox scored that the that the ox somehow we know that the ox scored the cow and it died. However, we don't know whether the ox caused a miscarriage or whether the cow miscarried before it was gored by the ox. So how much does the ox have to pay? So the Mishnah says that the ox has to pay half the damage like it usually does for the cow and an eighth of the damage which is half of half for the baby, for the calf. Why? Because for the cow we know it gored the cow. We know that. The baby, we don't know whether it gored it. So since we don't know, right, the owner of the baby says, your ox killed my, uh, my baby. And the, uh, the owner of the ox says, no, it didn't. So it's a question. We don't know who's responsible, right? So who has to pay? We say we split the, we split the damages. And he has to pay, the owner of the ox has to pay half. Therefore, he would have to pay half the damage for the calf. So since he has to pay half, he pays a quarter. Not an eighth, I'm sorry. A quarter. That's the thing. Says the Gemara, no. That, that, those are the, that is the opinion of Sumchus. However, the opinion, says the Gemara of the Chachamim, is our Chachamim say, This is the rule. This is the general rule of the day. Somebody wants to take money from somebody else, they have to bring proof. That they have to bring proof because their money is there. So now it's like this. The owner of the ox, the, the owner of the ox does not have to pay anything. Why? Because the money that's in his pocket is his. Because he has it in his pocket. Since the money's in his pocket, <coughs> Uh, sorry. Since the money's in his pocket, therefore he could say it's my money. You want to? You want me to? You want me? You want to say that the money that's in my pocket is your money? You want to prove that I owe you this money? Bring me proof. You don't have proof that my ox caused the miscarriage of this cow. Therefore, I'm not paying you anything. You don't have witnesses. You have no way, nobody saw it. You have no, no way to prove that my ox caused this cow to die. This uh, cat to die, yeah? How much the odds of the cow getting chased by the ox and miscarrying for some other reason? I don't know. I don't know. But you don't have proof. We don't know. It's a question, you're right. But, since we have a question, I am a muhsik, I am a, an owner of my money. And until you resolve the question, I'm going to keep the money. It's true. It's possible that my ox could have caused the damage. It's possible that my ox didn't cause the damage. You have a question. How you going to, you have a resolution to the question? No. You don't have a resolution to the question? I'm keeping my money until you resolve the question. But the cow now can give birth to any future cows, regardless of whether it was miscarried. Well, that you have to evaluate in the words of the cow and pay for the half of that damage. Right? So therefore, the rabbi said, who has to pay for this computer? Ruben or Shimon? So we don't know, said the rabbi, who broke the computer. When Ruben set the, com the, the, the bag to flight, when he walked into the classroom, he took the bag, he threw it across the room. Did he break the computer? We don't know. Maybe when he threw the computer, it landed on the chair and it didn't break. Maybe then when Shimon took the computer and threw it across the room and it landed on the chair, that's when it broke. 
Right? So, so lady comes, the lady, the owner of the computer, comes to Ruben and he says, Ruben, pay for the computer. Ruben says, bring me proof that I broke the computer. Because the money that's in the pack, my pocket is mine. Bring me proof that I should part with my money. So Ruben comes, so, so lady now comes to Shimon who threw the computer across the room and he says, Shimon, bring me proof. Uh, no, he says, Shimon, pay for the computer. He threw my bag across the room. Shimon says, bring me proof that I did it. Maybe Ruben did it. Maybe I didn't do it. You have proof. The money that's in my pocket is mine. I'm not going to part with the money until you bring me proof. So you have a doubt. We don't know whether Shimon broke it or Ruben broke it. Since we don't know whether Shimon or Ruben broke it, they don't have to pay. That's what the rock said. Yeah. Any disagreement? You have any beef with this with this psak, with this halacha? What? You do? Okay. What do you want to say, Rabbi David? I think the first guy is a Ruben. Yeah. He's got to pay the money. Why? Because he's the one who started the action, so that it, it moved from where he was at, and at that point, you you can, you can only if it was going to break by being launched into another chair. He was the first one who initiated that. The second guy may be culpable of anger or something like that. Yeah. But you. It was broken in the same. It's assumed that it had to be broken in one of those events that were. Right. Right. One of them broke it. So, so who broke it? The first guy. Cause How do you know? He started, I didn't know the first guy broke it. Maybe the first guy didn't break it. Wait, what? Let's say Ruben broke it. Why should Shimon pay anything? Let's say Ruben. Let's say Shimon broke it. Why should Ruben pay anything? If each guy pays half, then one of the guys is paying without having to pay. That's true, but did they damage it by throwing it across the room? The first guy has to pay the second guy. What? The first guy has to pay the full amount. The second guy who threw it has to pay to the guy who has to pay for it, Reuben. He has to pay him half. Why is that? Because once the, the first guy has to be responsible for that, that breaking, the second guy... The, Did the first guy do it? Owns it and once he launched it and it's assumed broken, he now owns that property. Owns the the Rob is asking, did the first guy break it or not? Did the first guy break it? Did Ruvain break the computer or not? Answer the question for the record. Did Ruvain break the computer or not? The answer is we don't know, correct? It's yeah. almost for sure that the computer would have broken after being... Correct. No. We don't know whether the computer was broken. Okay. Doesn't that matter that we're 95% certain? No, it doesn't matter. We don't know the computer was broken. So if we don't know the computer was broken, you can't conclusively obligate Ruvain to pay. As long as you don't know the computer was broken. The second guy would have never thrown it because the first guy Right, but hi, fine, but that doesn't that doesn't mean that the second guy is responsible for breaking it. Or the first guy is responsible. I mean, Yosef, like we said last week, Yosef would have never gotten sold by the brothers if Yaakov didn't send him. Does that mean that Yaakov is responsible for Yosef's sale? No. How is Yaakov supposed to know that the brothers are going to sell him? How is this guy supposed to know that the other guy is going to throw the books across the room? They both shouldn't have thrown the book, but the question is, did the fact that they throw the book do anything to the book, the computer? <laughs>
Right? Uh, now, Let's continue. Let's continue. Okay, but once the, let's continue. We have a little more. So once the first guy takes it up, he's now in essence the, he's caring for that person's possession. He's picked it up, and it's now he's caring for that possession. I'm not sure about that, Rob David. I'm not sure. Let's say somebody goes and parks their car in your front yard. Are you allowed to have that car removed? Are you allowed to call a tow truck and remove the car? Of course, they're trespassing on your property. So this was his chair. Right, uh, whatever rights he has to his chair. So he has a right to remove the property. He just doesn't have a right to chuck it. But the fact that he chucked it doesn't necessarily mean that it broke. Maybe he wouldn't have broken. If he would have put it down, you would have never said anything, right? He removed the, pr- the, 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 the goods from his property. And Shimon could be that Shimon broke something that was already broken. So then maybe Shimon, right? We know that it broke. But maybe Ruben broke it. So Shimon didn't do anything. He broke something which was broken. If you break something which is broken, as the Gemara discussed on like page 17 in Baba Kama, one is not responsible. He broke a broken thing. Okay, so now, the Rav, the Rav, however, made the following caveat. Of course, nothing is so simple. This is if we cannot resolve the doubt. However, this is if we can't resolve the doubt. However, if we can resolve the doubt, then of course the Psak, the Allah is going to be different. For example, if we can measure, perhaps, that the trajectory of the, of the computer in the distance that it flew unequivocally would for sure break the computer if it lands at that distance, at the size that the computer is, right? Then we can determine that Ruvain is responsible for, that Ruvain is responsible for the damages of the computer. For example, he says, the Rambam Paskins in the laws of Chayvul Mazik, chapter 1, Aloha 18, he says, in the same way that we make a estimation for murder, we make a destination for damages. Right? So, for example, for how is that an example? Let's say somebody throws a stone at somebody, a small stone, and a person get, or, or a piece of wood, and a person gets hurt. However, the, 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 the hurt that was caused to that person is is uh, not comparable to the the um, the stone that was flung at this person. Or the stone could have caused that much damage. Then the person who threw the stone is not responsible to pay. Right here, if I threw a pebble at a person and they died of uh, and they died from that pebble, and there was no way that that pebble could have caused that damage then the person is Rahman Rutzvan and they're not responsible for that death because, because it's not commensurate. The action is not commensurate with the result. So too with damages we do the same evaluation. We have to see that if Ruben's throwing of the computer was hard enough, the surface was hard enough, the, the item was hard enough, that it would break it. Therefore, Lefikach says the Rabbim, Tzrich ma'idam later come isik, they have to know how much damage they is. They have to bring the, the murder weapon or the damage weapon to the court. <coughs> and the court will then be able to make the estimation and determine on whether or not on whether or not um, whether or not this was indeed possible for the damages with the actions that are reported to have occurred. You hear what we're saying? Right? Okay, so he says like this. 
He says, um, he says as follows, and there's a halacha to support this din. The Shulchan Aruch in Choshen Mishpat Simen Tov says as follows, he says, if there, there were two ka- oxen, um, they were chasing after one ox, and they were eating. Is that an ox? Scored an ox, but they just don't know which one. Was it A or B? Neither A nor B has to pay. Because neither A nor B, and so either A or B can claim it was A or B. You have to bring a proof. I'm going to You hear? Now, we also learned in the Shulchan Aruch like this. Chayshin Mishpat Simen Tav Ches. It says like this. Einu Nezakim Mishtalim Ela Baraya Barur Beidim Shedim. Own damages are only paid with clear proof and with kosher witnesses. There has to be clear proof and kosher witnesses. That's the way the law operates. Circumstantial evidence is not enough. But halacha, we don't do that. For example, let's say you have an ox that was uh, grazing, and there was another sword that was found on its side. Says the Shukhanach. Even though we know that was dead, even though we know that a sword is this sword that's standing next to it that's alive is one that's prone to goring. And the shore that's lying next to it that's dead has been gored. We can't assume that the shore gored that shore. We can't assume that. Even if the guy is standing over another guy with a smoking gun, we can't assume that he's the one who committed the murder. Because there has to be witnesses and clear proof to the fact that it happened. That's what the Shulchan says. Yeah? Yeah. That's the basic halacha. What? Is that in just capital cases or any cases? In any case. There has to be clear proof and witnesses. Now, why are we talking about this in a partial class? On partial dvarim. Why are we talking about this question? So, so, <coughs> what are you saying? Just summary. What's the summary? Both Ruben and Shimon don't have to pay for the computer. Unless we can determine or we can prove that the computer, right, because they admit that they threw the computer. They admit it. It's not like uh, there's a question of whether or not they threw the computer. They admit the fact that they threw the computer across the room. If we can determine the fact that they threw the, the, fact that they threw the computer across the room would have been enough to damage this computer somehow, if we can prove it, then we will hold the Ruben and Shimon liable. Otherwise, they don't have to pay. That is the law. Because we have the rule of If somebody wants to take away from their friend, they have to bring a proof. Why are we talking about this in this week's Pasha? Because this din is one of from this week's Pasha. Because here Moshe Rabbeinu is giving Musar, he's giving um, rebuke to the Jewish people, and he's recounting the story of how Yisro suggested that they should be judges. Okay? And Moshe Rabbeinu says, And I will command your judges, at this time, you should listen amongst your brothers, you shall judge righteousness between a man and his brother, and between the uh, Balijin, between the plaintiff and the defendant, you should judge 
between them. That's the, it says in his Pasha, that I appointed, Moshe Rabbeinu says to the Jewish people, I appointed judges and I instructed them that they should judge um, uh, between the Jewish people. Ushvatatem tzedek. They should judge tzedek. They should judge righteousness. So here the Medrash, the Sifri says, what does it mean that they should judge righteousness? The Sifri says that when you judge, you have to make sure that the tzedek, the righteous person, has righteousness on his side. What's righteousness? He has to have proof to his case. The fact that he's righteous, the fact that he might have a compelling argument is not enough for the judge <coughs> to determine that the person, that the plaintiff or the defendant are correct. They have to have proof to what they're saying. That's what it means to shvatat and tzedek. You shall judge tzedek righteousness upon the part of of the, the defendant and the plaintiff. You should judge tzedek upon them. What is How do you should judge tzedek righteousness upon them? You have to make sure that tzedek is on their side. The righteousness on their, is on their side. What does it mean the righteousness is on their side? That they have proof to their argument. Serves the matters. For example, if a person is walking down the street and he's wearing a shirt and somebody comes along and he says, give me that shirt, he can say, I'm wearing the shirt. That proves that the shirt is mine. You want to take away the shirt? Bring me proof that it's not mine. Somebody who takes away from their friend has to bring a proof. That's what the Medrash says in this week's partial. You can't just believe a person by the strength of their argument. You need to have you need to have clear facts before you determine the case. That works in life also. In life also works this way. Never, 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 one should never make conclusions just from a hearsay. To hear the facts from the way that they're told. And whether they're consistent before a person makes a judgment on any case. Okay? That is, so so far, this is the law part of our discussion. This is the halacha of our discussion. Whether the boys who acted in this way, whether they're liable according to halacha. Now we get to the philosophical question is, and that is, whether the boys acted in this way, whether they acted correctly, whether they acted properly, whether they acted with uh, the way a proper Jewish boy should act. That's the next question. What do you say about that, Mordechai No. Of course not. Right. Why? Because the Mishnah says in Pirkei Avos, this is like this. So the Mishnah in Pirkei Avos, chapter 2, Mishnah number 12. Mishnah says the following. Chapter 2, Mishnah number 12. <coughs> the Mishnah says, Rabbi Yoshi Oymer. Rabbi Yoshi said, Yi mamun chaberecha. It should be that the money of your friend, Yi mamun chaberech, should be that the money of your friend it should be beloved to you the money of your friend should be beloved to you the same way is like your money the money of your friend should be to you like your friend's money or your friend's money should be to you like your own money that's the way it should be you know I once had a revenue in yeshiva so 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 um, he said he walked into the closet. He walked into, we had like a walk-in closet. So it's a walk-in, uh, you know, you see where everybody hung up their coats. People had coats over there because it was cold. It wasn't like uh, Arizona where there was no, no necessity for coats. So, okay. So, 
He said that he noticed that some of these coats was on the floor and a bunch of boys walked in, hung up their coats and left. They didn't bother to pick up the coat of, uh, that was lying on the floor. So he said, listen, when a person walks into the room, it should be always automatically an alarm that goes off. <coughs> the Mishnah says, your the, 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 uh, the, 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 the money of your friend should be the, the beloved upon you just like your own money. And if it was your jacket that was lying on the floor, you'd pick it up right away. And you see somebody's jacket that's on the floor, or somebody's car parked in the lot and the, the lights are on, whatever, right? It should be, it's as your car, it's your jacket. <coughs> A person should seek to correct it, that's what my Rebbe said. That's what the Mishnah says in, uh, in Perkyavos. And the Pharisee's trial says that this is included in, in the midst of Gemilas Chasadim. That a person should try to do uh, Chesed uh, with his friend. Now, in the, um, in the other Surah Nasser, chapter 17, which is a Medrash of Perkyavos, it expounds on this mission and says like this, Ketzai. Uh, in number two, chapter 17 says, Ketzai, Miramid, this comes to teach me. The same way that a person sees their own money, so too they should see the money of their friend. The same way that a person wants that, that there should not be a name, an evil name that comes out of one person's money. What does that mean? So here, uh, we're going to see in a minute what that means. So too a person should want that there shouldn't be an evil name, a bad name on the money of his friend. So here the commentary on the uh, on the Avisar of Nelson of the Binyan Yeshua. He says like this. He says, he says like this. Um, what does it mean? People start saying, you know how that person made his money? He stole it. Okay. He's evading taxes. He's charging interest. That's how he made his money. So he should bother, says the baby in your opinion, your shoe, it should bother us the same way that it would be if people would say that the way we make our money is by stealing it. You know how you have money? Last week you have a bill. You, you, you robbed the bank. That's how you paid the mortgage this week. I understand? That's how you did it. It should bother us if somebody says that about somebody else. That we have, uh, you know, uh, that guy, you know, uh, his business practice is shady a little bit. Cuts corners, you know what I mean? He doesn't fill the invoice 100%. Pays uh, the bills late. A couple of months late. He stalls. Uh, uses the money for investment. Meanwhile, whatever he does. It should bother us the same way that if it would be somebody says that about us. <coughs> so we, the boys might not be responsible for throwing this book, this bag, across the room. But would you take your own bag, throw it across the room? Of course not, because it would be my bag. I wouldn't throw it across the room. I would take it. I would pick it up. I would set it down gently. Wipe off some dust from it, maybe blow the dust off, maybe take a little bit, uh, a rag, wet the rag a little bit, you know, wipe it off. You know how it is when you get a new car, perhaps, maybe you get a, you know, you get a Porsche, for example. You take, uh, you, you take it and uh, on the inside you see a little bit of dust collecting on the steering wheel or whatever it is, or on the dashboard, you wipe it off a little bit. You're a little bit extra careful when they're washing the car. 
make sure that when they're washing the car, they're driving, so you miss that spot right over there. Right? So if you take somebody else's car for a car wash, you should also say, you see, you missed that spot right over there. Miss that spot right over there. <coughs> so obviously they didn't act properly according to, according to, um, according to Jewish law. At least according to Jewish law, the way a person should treat other people's property. They didn't act properly. Good, we can't hold them liable in the court of law. We can't hold them accountable because the strict letter of the law says that they're not held accountable because we can't prove that they actually did it. And it's true we can't prove that they actually did it. But the fact that they treated the fact that they treated somebody else's uh, somebody else's things in this way, that's not the proper way to act. That's not the proper way to act. And that's and that the observer sign says that. When he writes in his paper he says that they're not responsible for the other the other. In other words, in the court we can't hold them in the courts we can't hold them accountable for what they did. In the courts we can't hold them accountable. However, in the um and the courts can't hold them accountable, but the abortion is going to hold them accountable of how they uh, treated other people's stuff. Okay, so so basically this takes us to a very important character trait, and that character trait is called that character trait is called um, selflessness. This character trait is called selflessness. A person has to be a person who has to be selfless. With our with our things. So I'd like to read for you the um. I'd, I'd like to read for you some of the Urcha uh, Sadikim. The Urcha Sadikim is chapter 17 in Shandivas, which is the uh, the gate of giving, and the Urcha Sadikim also in in the in the Shara which is talking about the gate of of um the gate of uh, being stingy. So he says it's some very interesting and important things. Okay, it says like this. Um, in chapter seven, in chapter seventeen, it says like this. The avatrim bezeh. A person should not be uh, a person should not be stripped about their own possessions. Should be given. Right. The person should not be so. Uh, so mockpit. A person should not be so careful about books that they lend out. Right? You lend out a book, so you could say, you know, uh, I don't want you to put it on. Don't want you to put it on 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 on, on, uh, on the kitchen counter. Only put it on a dresser, but only wipe the dresser first before you put it on. Right? And if you wipe the dresser clean, but make sure you dry it so that the book doesn't get wet. Person shouldn't be so mockpit on these things. So get away. your stuff is being used. Our stuff is being used for 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 something. Person should not should be careful not to be so worried on 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 on, on, on their possessions. For example, right, if somebody knocks on the door, you a person should be given lashil to lend out with shchenim to their neighbors and the other and the people that they know. You want to borrow my car? Go ahead, you take my car. You want to borrow my lawnmower? You're welcome to borrow my lawnmower, whatever you want. Right, it's what's you what's uh. <coughs> What's mine is yours. We even indeed love Islamic custom. A person should be giving to lend poor people their money. The Yastik Biyadoi, and if you have enough money, you love a gamashin. You should lend to, to, to rich people also. People need. Uh, this just happens to be a mitzvah. The rice also happens to be a mitzvah to lend that money. If people need to borrow, so they should lend that. Oh, you need five dollars. Okay, I give you five dollars. 
Yeah, I need only cash on you. No problem. I have five dollars. I'll give it to you. Right? Um, the end of master Vasna person should be giving when they do business. They shouldn't be so mocked on a small thing. Oh, you know what? Keep the change. You know what? I'll throw in a free soda. You order, you order pizza? You order pizza, french fries? Today, the soda's on me. You know what I'm saying? person should be giving in, uh, giving in business. Um, if a person is measuring, for example, wine or oil or anything else, what is something, for example, let's say a person selling garanim, selling uh, sunflower seeds, and they do it by the, by the pound. They throw a little bit off. They throw a little bit off. It comes out on the scale for three pounds, and they charge you four dollars, and it comes out on the scale that it's three pounds and two ounces. Okay, so throw an extra two ounces. And don't worry about it. Now the pain is two ounces. By the energy of the gufa, the other person should be also giving with their body to to work for somebody else. Oh, you need me to help you build the sukkah for you? You need me to carry some stuff for you? Oh, can I help you take out the bags from your... Uh, you just went shopping. I see you carrying the bags. Let me help you out. Let me tell you how you carry the bags into the house. Person should also feel the pain of somebody else. To begin with, all the pain of somebody. Somebody sitting in Avelis, they lost their uh, their grandfather. So the grandfather was 99. He lived a full life, never was sick, had a million dollars, and he died. The person lost him at 75. They have a grandfather, whatever is their 70. Then the grandfather, they almost the entire adult life. But it's the grandfather. The born to feel, see how they feel. They have a relationship with the person. They, they, they uh, took him to places, uh, gave them advice, uh, loved them. The person should uh, not ignore that something like that. Try to feel how the other person feels also and, 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 and uh, be partner with their pain. We spell about them and to daven for them and somebody has to show them the sick in the community. Even though a person's family might be healthy, it's important to be spelled to daven to somebody else. There is smarach with some chosmah to be happy for them. Sometimes it's hard to be happy. You know, somebody you find out that somebody's daughter, or son, or grandson, or nephew is, is engaged, or somebody gave, a granddaughter gave birth, and they say to you, "Oh, my, I get a mother of my granddaughter gave birth." Right? So you completely oh, you don't know the granddaughter. So it's important to try to imagine how the person would feel. They don't know the granddaughter. A person try to imagine how a person would feel and try to feel happy with them also. If somebody is sick in the community, for example, somebody is uh, not well, they're sitting by themselves and they have no way to get around, it's important to meet with to go visit them. But that's chesed in my mason and also to do chesed with somebody who's not alive. A person has an opportunity to, uh, don't know, uh, uh, escort uh, somebody of a ravaya or to participate in the chesed kadisha. It's important to give him oneself. Person also has to give away their knowledge. They have to give away their knowledge, the wisdom of their Torah. To teach every single person das, to teach every single person knowledge, and to draw their hearts to the Shemayim. Right? It's not only the rabbi's job. It's not only the rabbi's job. Everybody, uh, people, some, some people might think, 
Oh, that's the rabbi's job. The rabbi is, is his responsibility. He's supposed to teach the Torah. He's supposed to give the Muslims. He's supposed to be the encourager. He's supposed to invite people for Shabbos. Not true. If you have a shop, if a person has, if we have a Shabbos home, and we have cholent, and we have leftovers, and we have uh, something that we don't know, we, we don't know that the other person might not know, then it's a mitzvah for us to give of ourselves. To give of ourselves. To, to, um, it's a mitzvah to give of ourselves. And to teach other people. This is the greatest gift. That a person can ever give. Right, so we give somebody, we visit them. That's this world. But to teach somebody Torah, to impart in somebody knowledge of Judaism, that's the biggest gift you can give them because that's a gift for all my boss. That's a gift for the world to come. You understand? It's a box that's wrapped in wrapping paper, and we don't, the bow doesn't get unpa- un- unwrapped until they come to Olam The gift does not get unwrapped. It's the biggest gift you could possibly give somebody. That's what he says. Furthermore, he says like this in the next chapter, chapter 18. <coughs> he, says, he says as follows. This is a, uh, obviously this is not a, a, a good a good trait. The Elamida Sarasine. This is a, this is the trait of a person who is uh, who is stingy. They don't give tzedakah. They don't have mercy on poor people. When a person does business with somebody, they're very strict on the business. They don't, they don't give in on anything. They don't give in an inch. It's exactly, you owe me one more penny. I want that penny by the end of the week. Otherwise, my lawyer is going to call you. We're going to, we're, 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 we're going to sue you. And I'm going to flashback you. I'm going to send you, I'm going to send an email to all your customers that you are not, uh, that you are not worthy of uh, the, the, your business practices are less than desirable. This is the way, you, 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 you mark my words that I will do it. Right? This person doesn't feed people. He doesn't dress them. He doesn't give anything away. He doesn't believe people will give him money. He doesn't trust them. He doesn't trust them. People hate him. He doesn't go after Mrs. He doesn't have a rabbi. He doesn't have a friend. And because of this, this person is left empty from Torah and from Mitzvah. You understand? This is the... It's very important to be a Baal Chesed. Now he says something very interesting. He says if a person is giving the ain dover ba'olam, there is nothing in the world hamedes adamli the avos ha'olam that doesn't bring people to love him or her. Kimwani divas than being a giving person. If a person acts this way, then everybody's going to love them. If you want everybody to love you, if you want to be uh, popular, you have to be a giving person. When a person. <coughs> When a person is giving, then everybody is there for you when you're in trouble. When a person is giving there, then everybody is to help. 
because everybody knows that you're giving yourself, they are willing to sacrifice for you also. That's a very big benefit. And it's the truth. And then when you see somebody who is a person that everybody loves, then you know that there's a reason for it. Okay? Now, of course, the boys in our case, in this, in this halacha, the boys in our case who acted in this way did not act in the spirit of this whole discussion. Of selflessness. Of looking out for other people's money. Of, uh, of, 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 of caring about other people's things. Um. Now, it just happens to be a coincidence that the Rashi on this Pesach from where we divide the Din gives the same message. Listen to this coincidence. It says like this. Remember the Pesach that we derived the Din of the law. It says like this. And I've commanded the judges in this time lay more faith. Okay, that's what I commanded them. What does it mean by Esaihi? What does it mean at this time? It's in the same pasuk. What does it mean by Esaihi at this time? I commanded the judges at this time. So Rashi says, Mishimanisim, when you were appointed, when you were appointed, Amartulam, I said to them, ain't Achshet Kishalavari. Right now, it's not like the past. Right now, it's not like it used to be. Now, from now on in, it's different. We have walked into a new future. What's that? In the past, you were in your own rishos. You were in your own possession. Says the sister Chachamin. You, if you decided, if you wanted, you could have sat and learned, or you could have gone home and gone for a swim. You could have sat and learned, or you could have gone for a soda or, or taken a nap. Achshav now continues Rashi. Hariatam mishubatam mesiber. But now, now that you have been appointed a judge, you are subjugated by the. You have the responsibility for the people. You have the responsibility for the congregation. Now you can't say I'm going to go get a soda because now you got to figure out the case. Now you have to be says Rashi selfless. A person who's a judge, a person who's involved in the congregation, has to adjudicate, has to make a decision about a halacha is responsible to make decisions on Allah, even though at that time he could have been doing something else. But it's not about him anymore. It's about the congregation, and therefore the person has to be selfless in giving. Within this pasuk itself, there's a mitzvah for the judges to be giving, to be selfless. The same message for the judges who are making this decision and saying that Ruvain maybe is, is, is absolved from his obligation, because maybe he's not the one who broke the computer, and Ruben, who acted selfishly, these judges, in order to come to this conclusion, have to be selfless to give away of their time and their effort to make this determination to conclude the right halacha. That's what the Rashi says, you hear? So, really, would it be that the before that, before uh, that we're going into the land, is that when this is taking place, right, with Moses? Mm-hmm. Right? So, before that, the judging was... Is, 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 the Israel's suggestion was that why should Moshe Rabbeinu overwork himself? He should be the one who make all the decisions. Let's uh, appoint a court, make a court system. Right? 
So Moshe Rabbeinu says that at that time I made a court system. I made a court system and I appointed you, but I told you you have to be selfless in your decision making. Okay, so in summary, before we conclude, what do we say this evening? We ask the halachic question. What happens if Ruvain takes a computer, throws it across the room, and then Shimon goes and throws it across the room, we don't know who broke it, both Ruvain and Shimon don't have to pay because both Ruvain and Shimon say, can say to the person who's suing them, prove that I'm the one who broke it. That's what we said. How do we know that? Because we have a rule which we derive from this week's parsha, from the Pesach, that you have to judge righteousness, Somebody wants to take away from their friend, they have to bring proof. So therefore, if, if, if the person who owned the computer wants to execute money for moving children, he has to bring a proof. From that same pasuk, we said that there is a proof that the judges in their appointment have to be selfless in their decision-making when they judge cases of halacha, because now they have the responsibility that, even to, that they have to put in extra time, if necessary, in order to make decisions. And then we talked about that even though Ruvain and Shimon are not responsible to pay for the computer, the way that they acted in taking somebody else's property was not according to the spirit of Jewish law, uh, according to the spirit of, 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 uh, of Jewish philosophy. Like the Mishnah says in Turkey, Abbas, that a person's money, that a person's money should be beloved to, uh, somebody else's money should be beloved to, to them as it is to, to, uh, to, 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 uh, somebody else's money should be beloved to them as much as their own money. And we said that this all goes, as the Yerukh Sadiqim described, in the spirit of being a giving and self, selfless person. When a person is a giving and selfless person, they receive all the brachas and everybody loves them. And we've given examples of how, uh, of the importance and, 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 and cases of, in which areas a person can be selfless and giving and not be exact with their friend. That's what I wanted to share with everybody this evening. And hopefully in the spirit of that, we'll be able to uh, change ourselves and uh, become better people and work on ourselves in this area and uh, correct some of the things that uh, we still have uh, in our, in individually and uh, as a nation going into Tisha B'Av. I've been shot with